It is our privilege to be here, to say the least. Uh, we just thank God for the opportunity that we can be here to minister with you and for our Lord Jesus Christ. You might be asking, uh, who is this guy anyway? And Scott has given you a bunch of that information. Uh, our military son, he's a lawyer in the Army and having problems because he's not taking the vaccination, has 10 biological kids. He's the middle child. Our daughter only has five kids. And then our older son has five uh, biological kids and seven adopted ones. So that's how that all goes. And so they're scattered from California to North Carolina, South Carolina, uh, and what? And, and Spain, yeah. We have one grandson who is church planning in Spain. So, delightful family. No, we don't get together at all one time. <laughs> Maybe when one of us kicks the bucket, we will. But, <laughs> but uh, that's another story. Since 2008, when I joined IPM, I have been the intentional interim pastor of a church in Garner, Iowa, up by Mason City, Williston, North Dakota, in the midst of the oil boom. We lived a year in a 500-square-foot apartment that was uh, an old hotel. Judy loved it because when she brought groceries home, she walked through a medical center reception center to get to the elevator to take things upstairs or to take the garbage out the same process. And then we were in Derby, Vermont, four miles from the Canadian border for two years. Uh, all delightful opportunities for us to learn and minister in the name of Jesus. We love that. I could tell you that I'm a man who loves Jesus. I could tell you that I seek to be a man after God's own heart, as David has described in Acts 20, Acts 13, 22. Um, those are true statements. I, I love God's truth. I love his church. It is a privilege to represent Jesus to you today. But I would rather have you look with me this morning in the book of Ephesians. You have a bulletin insert with a scripture reading that we'll read in a few minutes because it tells us who we are, which is mar far more significant than reading my biography. Each of us have things that we have said and done that the devil does a fabulous job of reminding us about those. He whispers in our ear of those negative things that are so destructive to our own spiritual health. But they also impact the way we view ourselves and the way that we view other people and the way we treat other people. And to complicate that even further, some of us were raised in families where we were described with very derogatory terms, perhaps cast out. 
cussed out. Uh, troubled times in that situation. And if that weren't enough, some of us work with that kind of people even this day. And it's a painful situation. Who am I? Ephesians chapter 1 answers that question. And its truth will transform our own thinking about ourselves as well as transform our thinking about who God is. He wants us to see ourselves as he sees them. And that is important for us to think about. I would like for you to take your insert. This is a responsive reading. But before we read verse 3 in various translations, I want to read to you the first two verses of Ephesians 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. From the English Standard Version, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ, Jesus, Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Read with me. Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. This is a powerful passage where the Holy Spirit is seeking to teach us to renew our thinking about who we are. And as we begin to think about that, I think it will transform our lives, both as it relates to ourselves but also how we relate to and treat other people. When I begin to see you as a child of God who is blessed with every spiritual blessing, my view of you is transformed. You're not just a person who I get irritated with. You're a person who is God's child. Of course, that is based upon us knowing Jesus Christ as our own Savior. I love what John 5.24 says. He who believes my word has crossed over from death to life. We have taken that step and said, I want Jesus Christ as my Savior. And what we're going to talk about is to people who have stepped across that line. And so if you don't know Jesus... We need to talk because what we're going to say relates to those of us who have accepted Christ. We're not better than anybody else. We still make mistakes. We still do things we wish we wouldn't do. But Jesus says, you are my children. You are blessed 
with every spiritual blessing. I am concerned when you answer your question, who am I? Because I want you to remember to say, I am blessed. That's powerful. We use too many times in our culture today, uh, I'm a victim, or I'm in a dysfunctional situation, or I was raised in a dysfunctional family. Uh, oh, by the way, do you remember Jesus? He was raised by a single mom. Well, they got married apparently. <laughs> Lived in poverty. He is described as a man of sorrow. He was called many ugly names. Even his brothers rejected him. That's a dysfunctional family. Um, beyond comparison to our situations or but he never used the word victim. He never described himself as under the circumstances. See, I think too often we focus on the negatives and fail to see even as Scott prayed that God is working in difficult circumstances and that he is there potently. Ephesians 1 accents who we are because of Jesus not because who we are human-wise. It's Jesus who has done this. And the Holy Spirit tells Paul to write this wonderful letter. He had been a pastor, the pastor of the church at Ephesus for three years, some years prior to that. But he was concerned about them still. He'd led many of them to the personal knowledge of Christ and helped them grow in their faith. But also, he was there in prison. Yeah, in prison. He's writing these words to the people back at Ephesus, people he loved. And as he writes them, he writes with great understanding and great concern for their spiritual health. In fact, he tells them in Ephesians chapter 6, in verse 11, that they need to know that the devil is a schemer. Put on the whole armor of God that you may stand against the schemes of the devil. And then he goes on to say, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the pre this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. He had a passionate concern for them. Jesus has a passionate concern for you today. He loves this church, this congregation, more than any of us, more than all of us put together. He loves you, and he wants you to be a gospel witness in Princeton and the whole area. As Paul said goodbye to the Ephesian elders sometime before this in Acts chapter 20, he said, pay careful attention to yourselves. He had called the elders to meet him as he was journeying to someplace. And he called them and he, he wanted to talk to them before he departed. And as they were gathered there 
on the beach. He says, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will rise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert. Good words for all of us, but especially for the elders. Devil means a liar, deceiver, and he lies to each of us in two ways. One is that he lies to us about the character of God. That goes clear back to Adam and Eve. The devil asks Eve, do you really think God wants your best? Obviously, the answer is yes. But she believes a lie that he doesn't. And God lies to you and me the same kind of way. He doesn't care. Go ahead and suffer like you are. That's a lie out of the pit of hell. But he also lies to us about our own relationship with Christ. Are you really a Christian? The way you said that, is that Christian? I'm not sure you're born again. You say you are, but I'm not sure you are. Now, I won't ask you for a show of hands, but we've each been lied to Satan that way. I'm confident. And if you haven't, well, you better pay attention to your listening. Because the Satan wants to deceive you. He wants you to believe his lies. So Ephesians 1 begins with powerful truth, some faith declarations. Now, we're going to cover the first one, well, the first two this morning. But let's read them together. You read with me what the statement is. I'll read the reference, okay? And then we'll go to the next. I am a saint. Well, you didn't read with me. Ready, set, go. I am a saint, Ephesians 1.1. I am blessed, 1.3. I am chosen, 1.4. I am adopted, 1.5. I am redeemed, 1-7. I am forgiven, 1-7. I am informed, 1-9. I am wealthy, 1-9-12. I am sealed, Ephesians 1, 13 and 14. Those are powerful truths, to say the least. God is there in our lives. We are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Let's take a moment and think about two imaginary people. One is Marty. She's quiet. She rarely looks at anybody in the in eye to eye. She is a, a person who obviously has very low self-esteem. She's read plenty of books, listened to podcasts gone to seminars, and she was just fired this past week. But she said, 
who wants me, I understand. I'm no good. The other, other the person is Pete. He, he's a live wire. You call him and you have to leave a voicemail if, if, if his mailbox isn't full. And he's everywhere. Yeah, he's busy serving the church, serving in various organizations in town, and he's just busy. They have the same problem. They're building their self-worth based upon their understanding of their self, while God wants, to build our, wants us to build our self-worth based upon his work in our lives. You can say with me, I am a saint, not because I behave that way, because what Jesus has done for me. I am blessed, not because of what I've done or whatever, but because Jesus has and continues to bless us every day of our lives. Just look around you. His goodness. I don't get what I deserve. That's a blessing. Uh, maybe you could say that too. His love that is so constant. It's beyond our comprehension. In fact, Paul says it that way in Ephesians. I pray that you would know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. Yeah. If somebody says to you, explain to me what it means to have Christ love you, <laughs> we can't do it. We run out of ability to do that. But here in Ephesians 1, I want us to look at this blessing that he has bestowed upon us. The basis of our riches is God's will. Notice with me in verse 5. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. NIV puts it, the pleasure of his will. Isn't that interesting? He delights to bless me. He appreciates the opportunity when we say, thank you, Jesus. And even if we don't, he gets pleasure out of doing good to us. Wow, what a God that is. Notice down in verse 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of his will, who works all things according to the counsel of his will. God blesses us with his riches by his will. And then notice uh, back at verse 9. Making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. Now, I've skipped through a bunch of words in those verses, but as we think about that, we need to realize that the basis of God's will, uh, the basis of our blessing is God's will. But the reason is also quite interesting. Notice verse 6, to the praise of his glorious grace which he has blessed us with in the beloved. He blesses us for his glory. 
for his honor. If we looked at the whole chapter at one time, we would see the verses 4 to 8, 4 to 6, talk about the plan of the Father, and 7 to 12 talks about how Jesus paid the penalty for our sins so he could bless us, and 13 and 14, powerful verses that says, the Spirit seals that work in our lives. We're branded by Jesus with a big J because the Holy Spirit has sealed us. God's glory is the primary objective for our salvation. So the basis is God's will. The reason is God's glory. The guarantee is the relationship with Jesus as we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Even standing here, even though I've studied the passage a number of times, I'm overwhelmed with what that all says. He has done so much because of my relationship with Jesus. I have failed, and yet he still chooses to bless me. There are things that I have said and things that I have done that distress my soul. But he continues to bless me. He is there. My response, praise God. We need to praise God from the depths of our hearts. I journal almost every morning. My first sentence generally is something thanking God for who he is and how he has shown himself strong in my behalf the day before. We need to nurture that thankfulness in spirit. Praise him for the privilege to know him. Praise him for the confidence that we are totally, not partially, totally forgiven. When we say, well, Lord, do you know when I said that? He says, what? I don't remember you saying that. You're forgiven. Totally. Unconditionally. Because of Jesus. Wow. <laughs> Blows your mind, doesn't it? <clears throat> My response is to believe that indeed... He has blessed me. I hope you'll reread those statements there. There's more. And he has blessed us in heavenly places. Forgiven, redeemed, access. You don't have to take, make a schedule to talk to him in prayer. You can pray at any moment, at any time. What a privilege. We are blessed, whether we realize it or not. The kinds of blessing, we go back to verse 3, and he says, it's the source, is the spirit. It's blessings that we can't earn. It's gifts from the Father through Christ, guaranteed by the Holy Spirit. It's contrast to 
what our world tells us that blessing is finances and health and position. Those are fading things. They disappear so suddenly. But the blessings that Jesus offers to every Christ follower are the things that we're talking about here. Beyond our ability to comprehend. Ephesians 1, saints, grace and peace. Praise God. You are a recipient of God's blessings. That's a, that's a, a mouthful, a stunning reality. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Wow, every spiritual blessing. But what about Pete and Marty? Each of them is seeking to base their self-worth on a footing of sand, the transitory, the passing. Jesus calls them and you and me to build our self-worth on who he is, the unchangeable God and what he has done for us. And as we do that, we discover indeed, we see ourselves as people of worth. Pastor Paul is saying to his former congregation and to us today, live like a child of the king. Just think about that tomorrow morning saying, Jesus, I thank you, I'm a child of the king. Go to work or your neighborhood or whatever you do. With that spirit, I am a child of the king. Wow. That is very powerful. And you might add, and besides that, I am not a victim. I'm in a dysfunctional world, but I'm not dysfunctional because I know Jesus. View yourself as unimaginably, inexplicably, inexplicably blessed beyond measure. We are highly blessed. And as we do that, we also view other Christ followers even if we don't agree with them theologically, as people of worth and honor, respect. Yeah, when we build our lives upon who Jesus is and what he has done, our lives are distinctly different. Our perspectives are distinctly different. Let's pray together. Lord, you know that every one of us needs your transformation and your work in our lives. We need you, Jesus. And so we cry out to you, continue to do your wonderful work in our lives. And we will thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.